This podcast was originally created for the YouTube format. To get the full visual experience, check out our channel at Gavenath Book Club and Art Club on YouTube. I have an entire one and a half liters of water with me, so here we go. <laughs> okay, well, make sure you don't drink it all at once, because if we're sitting down to record for an hour, <laughs> we can't pause for bathroom breaks. <laughs> it's fine, I can leave and you wouldn't even know I'm gone. <laughs> Welcome back to Kuma's Anonymous, where we discuss spoilers, episodes, and other pieces of miraculous ladybug news. My name is May. You can find me at Maybe My Euro on Tumblr, Insta, YouTube, and AO3. And a fun fact is my birthday is tomorrow at the time of this recording, so I will be legally allowed to drink, but I would rather just drink non-alcoholic wine, apparently, in my apartment alone, like a solitary person. Yay! Nope. Mm-mm. Not doing it. <laughs> hey yo, I'm the corn. You can find me at Shadow Myra on Tumblr, Corinne underscore Prudenti underscore Art on TikTok and Instagram, uh, and Shadow Myra on AO3, as well as a few other places. A fun fact about me, when I was a child, my parents had to stop buying me those chocolate Easter bunnies because I would see that it had a face and I would cry up until about age 14. <laughs> that is so sweet and also it's so sad at the same time. I still time. don't like it. I still don't like it. I prefer to eat chocolate that does not have a face. Hello, I am Kat, and you can find me at various places on the internet, like Twitter at Flaming Cats, Instagram at XXCatastrophe, and also AO3 under the same name. Uh, my fun fact is that my favorite Easter candy is Cadbury Mini Eggs. <gasps> Those are so good! good no, right? Yes! Good. Anyway... All of us are members of the Gabe Knapp Book Club and Art Club Discord server, where we celebrate fan works featuring Gabriella Grest and Natalie Sankur from Miraculous Ladybug. You can join us through the link in our description below. And today we'll be talking about our reactions to the Shanghai special. Hell yeah. As of today, we don't have an English dub, but we all have watched the English sub. So if things change in the dub in terms of translation, then we'll see what happens. But all right, let's start at the very beginning. Very good place to start. (laughs) I feel like that might be copyrighted. I didn't sing a distinguishable melody. I think we're good. <laughs> we're not profiting. We are not sponsored by anybody. We are a non-profit crackhead podcast. All right. So what's our first item? The, the intro. <gasps> the beautiful, beautiful intro. We actually recorded an episode analyzing the Shanghai spoilers, but with so much up in the air about the release schedule and stuff, it was not our top priority and we ended up not airing that episode. One of the things that we talked about was what the heck was going on with the intro, and I get it now. The animals on the dragon are the different Renlings. Oh. That makes sense. And the one that looked like a human to me was actually the monkey, which makes sense because primates. And fur. I'm sorry, it looked like Adrian's spiky hair. I mean, you're not wrong, it did. Like, literally so many of the teenage boy characters in this show just have a fucking mane. And then there's Kim. (laughs) From monkey we have come, and to monkey we shall return. (laughs) 
And then after that, we get Marinette's little voiceover introduction, which is cute. Aww. She says, Hawk Moth is on vacation, too. Aww, I hope he's doing something nice. <laughs> Wait, okay, that's the first time I'm hearing of that. That's actually adorable. I can't, I don't French. There's that little clip at the beginning, and she's like, oh, yeah, and Chatmar and I have been having a good time, too. Oh. We do patrol, but we haven't had any akumatizations. I guess Hawk Moth is on vacation, too, and I'm thinking to myself... Oh. Oh, I hope he's doing something nice. Aww. I mean, he's probably just plotting and scheming and getting ready to go to Shanghai, but I hope he was doing something nice, too. I'm just imagining, like, Hawk Moth, like, stretched out on a lawn chair and like, a beach somewhere, and everybody's like, why won't you take off your clothes and, like, enjoy the beach? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, nobody just recognizes him as Hawk Moth. <laughs> he has to keep up the pasty appearance. I mean... <laughs> He's, like, whiter than a sheet. Which makes no sense, because Gabriel Grest is, like, the tannest white person in the show. Right? Like, why? He stays inside all the time. <laughs> Speaking of vacation, he keeps on calling Natalie throughout the show. Like, you didn't have to update her. You didn't have to call her on the plane. You didn't have to call her when you got to the cave. Like, why? Okay, but he actually... He just wants to talk to her. Probably also to make sure that she hasn't burned down his entire mansion. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, please. He if somebody me. was to burn down the mansion on accident, it would be probably him or Adrian trying to cook something and not <laughs> Natalie. No, it would definitely be Gabriel with his fucking <laughs> missiles. <gasps> oh, right. But wait, we don't even know where the his lair is. Is it like in his house? We don't, I don't know this. Know. Yeah, we don't really know. As an architecture student, the short answer to the aggressed mansion is that it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and um, the analysis is forthcoming. That'll yeah. be another episode at some point. <laughs> Architect major and completely unqualified friends try to figure out the aggressed mansion. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm also super glad that the writers, like, still decided to put the little Natalie moments in there. Like, that bodes well for their character development. Even though, actually, when did they decide that the special was located? Was it between two and three or between three and the New York special? Because I'm pretty sure Thomas updated us. Thomas said between three, season three and the New York special. So okay, well, uh, that's new. I'll, I'll take that one. Yeah. Okay. It kind of makes more sense. It does make more sense. Yeah. But that means that their relationship is still important to the show. So that's important to yes. me. Swag. Okay, I'm still salty about Marinette's like actual motivations for going to Shanghai. Uh, I, want, uh, yeah. I, like, I really want to appreciate those sweet moments, but... Man, it is so disappointing. Like, the way that her parents are so excited for her to go and the way that her uncle is so happy to see her once she's there. And it's all about stalking Adrian. And, and like, don't get me wrong. I know that she learned something while she was there and that she did appreciate getting to be there with her uncle and, like, learning about her roots. But it still sours it so much for me that, like, the initial goal was just to stalk Adrian. Yeah. I mean, so I think the lesson that she supposedly learned is, like, be prepared. Like, don't do dumb stuff. But I would be so much happier if the if she learned that lesson by um, just deciding she wants to, like, explore the city or something like yes. that. Instead of, like, track Adrian with a tracker that she maybe put in his phone. Like, how does she know his location? That's incredibly mm -hmm. creepy to me. Um, I mean... Social media does have a location sharing thing, so maybe he has that on. That's true. Yeah, it might just be like a Snapchat type thing. But 
Oh, yeah. But it would have been so much more palatable if it had been a coincidence. Like, she did have good reason to go. They could, yes. the writers could have just decided that she wanted to connect with her roots and see her uncle in Shanghai. It could have been the, it could have actually been the thing that she was lying about. But we had to have this whole creepy layer of obsession with Adrian. And I don't know, maybe that's the point. Maybe what they're trying to say is that they're not ready because she is still like so unhealthily obsessed with him. But it makes me sad for her family. Oh, not to get all Alia, but girl, <laughs> girl, wait. Yeah, at least Gabriel is rational in this episode. For once. <laughs> For once. Okay, if there's one thing that I like about this episode above the New York special is that at least he has some nuance. Like, the characters don't each lose 500 brain cells. Like, Marinette has a little bit of her stupid moment, but it's not so horribly out of character. And he's, and Gabriel himself is an actual person who isn't just like, mwahaha, I am evil. Like, no, he actually is reasonable. He actually seems to care about Adrian having a good time. For once. Mwahaha, <laughs> I'm gonna go to um, New York and attempt to steal Miraculous and when I don't get my way, I'm going to pull out the missile that I specifically planted in New York. Wait, he put that there? What the hell? I don't know. I'm just assuming that since he had control of that one, that he just had it there. We're going to get the money to do that. Oh, yes. I know what to do. I will blow up the world. That will definitely work. I will be able to get my wife back when we are all blown up. <laughs> you can't have any wife if you're dead. Okay, dude, not the way to cope with a loss, but, like, at the very least, you don't take the whole world out with you. Oh, yeah. No, you do not. I think we've ragged about his decisions in the New York special in every episode so far. <laughs> I mean... Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, baby Sabine. So cute. She was so cute! Oh, my God! I really wonder about, honestly, all of the parents' origin stories. Like, I mean, of course, I want to know Gabriel and Natalie, especially because Thomas has hinted at them having, like, um, potentially, he wanted to do a comic for them. But Sabine's story sounds really interesting from the snippets we know. Like, she literally changed her name. Mm. She might not have legally changed it. She might have just adopted a, a more French name when she moved to France. That's pretty common. And even so, she, she changed her persona, like, so much. I Like, who hurt her? Like, what? happened to her i don't know okay crack theory um you know how in the in the bread man episode you know with tom's father mm-hmm. a bakerix bakerix yeah that guy when we found out that uh Marinette's grandfather didn't really approve of tom marrying sabine because he's like not in the wedding picture and everything yep i wonder if sabine stopped speaking chinese adopted a french name like all of these things in an effort to appease him to some degree that would be so horrible it makes sense that's that's pretty sad because tom's dad is kind of a giant dick to say the least i think he 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 came around at the end sort of yeah, so in, like, in terms of sin level, his sins are, are I think, forgivable unless he hurts Sabine. Otherwise, he goes in the trash can and I'm not taking him out. <laughs> Sabine's so nice. Like, why? Why would you want to do that to her? She's like easily the, one of the best parents on the show. Right. But I'm, I'm, I was really surprised that Marinette didn't know any Chinese at all. Yeah, that is kind of odd that clearly it's her first language if that's where she grew up, but didn't teach Marinette any? Really? Like, it never came up in the 14 or 15 years that she's been alive. Well, maybe she was waiting for Marinette to ask. 
Right. And maybe she never expressed, like, a clear interest in wanting to do it. So she's just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of that, yes. Yeah. Same brain so. Oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, the Kwamis, did, we just found a, a new piece of Kwami lore is that the Kwamis know how to speak every language. And I guess having thousands of years to learn multiple languages would mean that hopefully Tiki speaks better Chinese than everybody else. That's true. You know what this means? Oh, God. What? TARDIS technology. <laughs> is that oh a part God. of Dr. Yeah, the TARDIS, like, there's a built-in translator, so wherever you go, people can understand you and you can understand them. I mean, it makes sense for all the Kwamis to know how to speak every language, because, like, they don't know who their next holder is going to be. So, like, mm-hmm. what if they're, well, like, what if one holder speaks, like, Latin and then the other one speaks, like, at two Lady Bags. I don't know, <laughs> French or something. At two Brute. A two bitch up. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, and then we have that scene with uh, the gorilla, you know, enjoying his little action figure obsession. Um, and there's the accidental um, eagle action figure in there. Yeah, Thomas said that was an animation error. It was supposed to be a sparrow, not a eagle. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, that makes sense. Yeah, because technically at this point in time, eagle has, do- like, eagle doesn't exist as a hero. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, animation errors happen. No one's perfect, guys. Speaking of um, odd little animation things, Gabriel's little hobby hop onto the rock. I saw somebody analyze it and they were like, wow, he floats so gracefully. Like, they didn't put enough weight in his character. And I'm like, I don't care. I think it's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, he does float. Stupid. What the heck? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> That's so stupid, especially since it's such a short jump to, like, dramatic <laughs> as bitch. He could have just freaking stepped. It's really obvious that he doesn't go outside. <laughs> like, he has long ass legs. Like, he should be able to step onto that. But honestly, you know what? It matches the rest of his movement because, like, have you ever really watched him do, like, a long walk cycle? Like, he walks so derpy. Hawkmoth <laughs> also walks derpy if he's, like, straight up walking, except Hawkmoth will saunter sometimes, you know? Oh, like, he can't deal with that. Swag. He has, like, his cane thrown over his shoulder swag. and he's rolling forward casually. So it's not the same. But, like, when he's just straight up walking, like, his feet are always turned out a little bit. And, like, he doesn't bend his legs enough. He walks like an old man. And also, like, look at him. He approaches the rock, and then there's a pause where he, like, preps, and then he hops. <laughs> like a little Easter bunny. <laughs> He's so stupid, and I love him. Speaking of things I really like about the special, the animation and and the city, the animation is really gorgeous. Sam G crushed it. The people are gorgeous too. Like, listen, I'm probably a lesbian, but I'm just gonna say it. Gabriel was low-key hot in that cave scene. I don't make the rules. (laughs) It's so stupid, but it looked stupid hot. Sorry. (laughs) That's too funny. But we did, okay, we also got a lot of Hawk Moth. I've never seen Hawk Moth walk so much or, like, do anything so much. Usually it's just he's, like, standing in the lair and, like, dramatically monologuing to nothing. And, like, Natalie's in the atelier below and she's like, oh, God, not again. He has a long battle scene here with some pretty heavyweight contenders. Oh, my God. 
getting wrecked in battle. I just, all of the gifts I keep seeing um, floating around of the whole, like, hawk moth, like, strung up by the ankles thing. Uh, like a little pinata. He has the prodigious, and he's like, <laughs> it's mine. Suck it. And then Ladybug <laughs> freaking <laughs> eats him by the yeah, beats. Checks out. <laughs> he, I was like, he honestly could have just pulled the sword and like speared the basketball instead of doing like the, the whole chess pass thing. But like he had to be a dad, of course. <laughs> he had to be a dad. It was an automatic reaction. Yeah. Like, step up your game, lady. Oh man, you missed. Here, try again. Try again. <laughs> Makes you wonder if he has played basketball with Adrian in his room before. <laughs> He's a remote basketball coach, so he like attends like um uh basketball games on Natalie's tablet, and she's just like trying not to get hit in the head by like like <laughs> middle school basketball <laughs> players not being able to pass. Okay, let's talk about Faye, because I'm so, she's so cute. So many. It did fun. really frustrate me, though, that she's doing all these good deeds for people. But then she decides that Marinette is the one to steal from. Like, you literally stranded someone who doesn't speak the language, who doesn't live here, who has no idea where she is, with no phone, no money, nothing. Yeah, right? Like, what was up with that? <laughs> like, she's smart. You would think there would be a little bit more self-awareness than that, and she clearly cares. So, like, where is the line here? Why did she decide, ah, yes, this is not a person that I will help. This is a person I will screw over. Part of it for me is just, like, she's also a child, and I feel so bad that she's being manipulated by this absolute asshole oh yeah it is not a it is not a judgment of her being caught in the situation i just don't understand the logic to a certain extent i'm like okay you're a person who like wants to help people and stuff but you didn't realize how like profoundly this would screw this girl over i think that the conflict between doing good and her revenge really makes her character and like the whole story of the special true it's her own knight in shining armor. I appreciate that. her. But please stop throwing Marinette's phone around. Because, um, like, the first, Faye, like, takes the SIM card out. Then the pawn shop guy is messing with it. Then Faye, like, hits it out of her goddamn hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, Marinette's phone's going to be so busted when she comes home. Well, you see, I was stalking my future husband, and then I got lost, and then I got robbed, and then the girl who robbed me decided that she was going to actually help me get my stuff back, so she brutally murdered my phone in multiple ways, and then helped me get my stuff back, and then Hawk Moth attempted to kill all of the entire world of Shanghai, and then he died. And oops, sorry, I'm Ladybug, bye. <laughs> what? <laughs> Speaking of death, uh, you know how a cat has nine lives? Cat Noir is running out of lives. That's all I'm going to say. Like, okay, this is interesting, though, because this is the first uh, canon, like, timeline, I guess, deaths, even though they're reversible, because we don't um, count Chat Blanc, because it it wasn't, like, it was a a timeline that was erased. Uh, So this is the first time Miraculous has killed characters in canon in episodes and it like stays in the timeline and they just happen to be gabriel agress hawk moth and adrian cat noir but wait but what about in like siren where on dean literally drowned not, the entire not city on scene, though 
Or, okay, yeah, I guess. I was like, what? It has a different impact when you're straight up seeing it. Because also, Akumas have made people disappear before or like be transported to other dimensions and stuff. But it's not quite the same as seeing someone yelling in agony as they turn to dust. Like, like time tag, or isn't that considered? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that was like they really Thanos snapped that whole thing. That scene actually hurts me so bad. But like in the best way, I I love it, I crave it, but I feel yeah. so sad. Yes. His face, I like you just watch I was first like, of all the fact that he's mm-hmm. trying to protect Adrian just like gets me. And again, yes. thank you so much writers for giving him some actual nuance and like brain episode. Yes. He and then he gets hit and he's he looks so sad and shocked and like so scared and then he's yelling and it's oh god i don't even know that they intended for that to have that effect but obviously like ladybug picked up on it too like you see her face and she's like holy shit somebody died Yes. The Kanoar was like, okay, so is this good or is this bad? He wisecracks, but he still looks really upset by it, which honestly bodes well that, like, the heroes don't want the villains to die. I was like, well, I was like, I think Ladybug and Kanoar have a good moral compass that they don't want people to die. They just want people to stop being evil. Have you guys seen that comic that was like, um, Hawk Moth akumatizes somebody and they're like, okay, time to die. And he's like, uh, nope, that's too far. They're literally fucking 13. Bye bye, little butterfly. We'll try again another day. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, also, do you want yeah. to know an unfun fact? Oh, yes. Please hit me. I'm on an angst train today. Oh, boy. Adrian watched his dad die and didn't even know him. And he and he was like, Oof. is this good or is this bad? Well, for you, Adrian, okay, yeah. a little bit of both. Ah! Oof. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, all seriousness, I don't think Adrian would actually want his dad to die. No, I don't think um, he would either. I think, honestly... If the heroes knew everything that we know, they would not want the revenge fantasy that half the fandom has. Uh, Yeah. They would want a peaceful solution. Yeah. Somebody get Gabriel um, a little urn to go buy Emily's coffin. (laughs) Like in The Sims. What? (laughs) Like when people die in The Sims and they just become an urn. What the fuck? (laughs) So he became dust. To dust you shall return. Inside an urn next to Emily's coffin. Yeah, where coffin. was Gabriel's urn? He flew off into Dear the breeze. <laughs> He's going to come back as a Sims ghost and haunt his own mansion. Dear God. So here's a fun fact. Um, Roni, who you've heard in the podcasts before, decided to make several of us into Sims. So now we live in a Sims house with my cat. And we're trying to see who becomes Corn's wife the first. Yeah. The fastest? The firstest. Well, it's not Roni. It, Roni is not in <laughs> contention. Out of the, yeah. the contest. <laughs> yeah. But aside from Roni, it's pretty much the Bachelor Envy. That's uh, what's happening. <laughs> the Bachelor Envy. I know. Am I the only one a little bit sad that he didn't get to wear the prodigious, like, just for a second, though? Like, okay, this has been twice now that the dude has had... like some kind of powerful you know magic tool whether that would be prodigious or or miraculous both now in the new york special and the shanghai special and he never uses it for himself like i get it they want it they want it they want it to go to like the person it's meant to go to cool awesome i support that but he can't have it for five minutes 
I want to see him turn into a snake. Nope. Goddamn. Mr. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for 15 years. Like, no, what? Yeah, what was up with that? They never specified what. Yeah, that's what I'm disappointed in. Like, they put it in the trailers and got us all hyped, and it's like, like, vague. I mean, maybe he, maybe it was just like a celebrity thing, and like he just wanted to like meet the Guardian and like get his autograph and then like leave, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> My theory is that whenever Eclipse happens, it only happens like every 15 years. So, uh, he was waiting for that Eclipse to go seek the Guardian so he can get his fortune. Yay, the end. Oh, oh, oh crap. What if the. So the Prodigious is theoretically more powerful than the Miraculous, right? What if the Prodigious had some sort of way to get Emily back? Mm. But good question. He didn't say that though. He did say that it was about beating the heroes to get the miraculous. Oh. But I wonder what if 15 years ago Emily was starting to use the peacock miraculous and it was broken and he knew it was going to hurt her or kill her at one point or another and he wanted something that he could use to stop her. Oh, oh, I love that. That could be interesting. Or maybe he thought that he could offer it to her and she would favor it over the miraculous. Yeah, cuz the thing about the prodigious is that it's a uh, it's more powerful but it's also more unstable, which is why they just stopped using them to begin with. Oh, that's true. Here, wifey, yeah. have this thing. Oh, it's cute. Unstable magic, guys. Yeah, that's true. He probably wouldn't want to give it to Emily then, but maybe he thought that he could stop her with it. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I love any sort of theory where Emily is the real mastermind behind things. It, it just adds so much nuance to Gabriel's character. It, it would make it sense, up. to be honest with you. Yeah. It, like he's trying so hard to get her back like you can't tell me that she isn't the one who wears the red pants in this relationship <laughs> like he made a promise to her to get her back who instigated that promise mm-hmm. emily probably because like because because no one in their sane mind would do something like that yeah but we can um we can uh fuck <laughs> emily yeah. juice later um when we have like i don't know potentially more background in the episode could- gabriel Calling it now. Oh my god, I'm also so excited for that be a episode. Whole episode in and of itself. Fuck Emily Juice. I'm ready for like a paradigm shift in this show, mm. honestly. Okay, in terms of timelines and backstories, we also got that little snip of Natalie in the pawn shop buying the miraculous that opens the cave. So that's something. I still wish you in the actual yes. episode and not in a flashback and on a phone or whatever, but like at least it's something. She's doing a hot girl yeah. shit and I appreciate her. It was pretty interesting. You know, okay, but wait. If, you know how she went to Japan yeah. in a party crasher? Uh-huh. You think that's when she went to go get the bracelet? No, I think if they intended her to go to Shanghai, she would, um, they would say, oh, yeah. she's going to Shanghai. Why, like, why try to hire Emily? I mean, I don't, yeah. But, like, I like that theory, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it has crossed my mind. But she's, like, so professional. Like, she does, like, a little hand toss, and she's like, yeah, this is the shit. Yeah, I was like, she knows a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie is always the person involved heavily with retrieving Miraculous and stuff. Yeah. Which keeps supporting my theory that she knows more than Gabriel does about Miraculous Mm. and stuff. I think so. Speaking of really complicated what is happening backstories, um, Man with the Fan... Do we even do we even have a name? Like I don't think I, I don't think they ever called him by name at any point. Yeah. But anyway, he's sketch, and in this special, he doesn't seem to be aware of the miraculous or the prodigious or anything until, like, obviously all the shit goes down. But then in New York, 
he seems to be tracking the miraculous. Yeah. This makes me wonder about the chronology of the Miraculous World specials in general. And I wonder if Brazil comes after this and he will play a bigger role or something yeah. like that. Because they've he's shown up in two different specials yeah. in two different cities. Like, rule of three. <laughs> Is this his villain origin story? You know, that also makes me wonder where Brazil will take place in terms of seasons. Ooh. Because how cool would it be if Brazil special takes place like during or after season four? And then he's the new big bad. He's so cool. He's also a dipshit. He is. I, like, he's he, very punchable. Oh, yeah. yeah, every time he was like something, something, baby, baby, I was like, this is a character that I love to hate. Baby. <laughs> Dear God. Also, Marinette was way too nice to him. Like, I understand she was like, I don't know, like, how he got my earrings or whatever. But, like, brah, the guy has your stolen earrings and he's trying to bleed you and your family dry for you to get them back. Like, it's okay to steal them back. They were stolen from you. They are yours. You know, like, if I find something stolen of mine that someone else has, like, I don't give a fuck how it came into their possession. It's mine. I'm taking it back. back. Here comes Corn, the chaotic neutral. <laughs> Is that really chaotic neutral at that point? I don't even know. It's probably just chaotic. No, but it's true, though. Like, I don't give a fuck how they got it. Like, you bought it from the person who stole it from me. I don't care. It is mine. I'm not buying it from you. That's true. I said you. Yeah, I was like, bitch, give it back. <laughs> I also appreciate that Faye at the end scared the, the willies out of him without, like, actually yeah. harming him. Because that's the best. Because then you feel like a wimp afterward. <laughs> <laughs> the damage inflicted was emotional. Yes, babe. Emasculate him. Yes! Oh, girl. That was even better than, like, a conclusion to her revenge arc. As much as I want to know the information that he has about her father, that was very satisfying mm. for me. I mean, chances are her father's dead. Probably, like, yeah. honestly. I will kudos myself. I guessed that from the very mm-hmm. early trailers. And hell yeah. As far as I can tell from listening to it in French and seeing the translated subtitles, though, they never outright say that he's dead. So that Emily's dead? Yeah. I don't know if that's because they intend to do like some weird kind of plot twist where he's still alive or if they're just trying to like keep it not so dark for the sake of it being a kids show but they say um, they say uh, he disappeared in the fire. Not he died but he disappeared with his school. I was like well yeah. It's definitely implied but they never say it. Yeah. I was like they typically don't say someone is outright dead in kid shows. I admittedly cannot think of a specific example, but I know that I have watched a kid's show that says someone is dead. I know I have. Disney. Disney movies. So it can happen. I I still don't know whether Miraculous is that type of show or not. I didn't think it would be the type of show to just, you know, kill Hawk Moth and Adrian. But, you know, it it happened. happened. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of sad things, um, Faye is the first character to have, like, makeup streaks when crying. Even though literally every girl has a show and a bunch of them have cried. And but I just that made it so much yeah. more real to me. Like that was one of the scenes that like hit me in the I heart. mean, what are you trying to say? You're trying to tell me that Marinette does not like pile on the mascara? <laughs> no. All the girls in Miraculous seem to wear makeup of some sorts. Yeah. 
Chloe has also cried as far as I can remember, and she has eyeshadow and mascara. Why? I don't know. Like, it makes me feel like they're trying to pretend they're not wearing makeup, even bro. though they're clearly wearing makeup. And it's like, bro. <laughs> I, like, I feel like the only character who probably doesn't wear that much makeup is Alex. You said this animation studio is um, SAMG. Yeah. Maybe that's like a hallmark of them doing things better than everybody else. I mean, DQ actually has stepped up their game. (laughs) SAMG is a nice creamy wheel of camembert made in France. And (laughs) DQ is a stale Cheez-It that you find in your car. That's that's gross. Also, like, Uncle Wang is, is 60. Like, he looks good. Damn. Like, okay, disclaimer, my French is not that good. I can't, like, speak it at all, but I can understand, like, about half of what happens in the episodes. But the translated subtitles said that it was his 60th birthday, and I heard 60th birthday, so... I mean, you're doing better than me, because the French words that I know are, um, bonjour, uh, hiver, winter, baguette, uh, oiseau, bird, um, baguette. You already said um, baguette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> baguette. <laughs> oh, croissant. 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 Mm. Uh, I butcher all of the pronunciation. Also, just kudos to anybody who knows any language other than English, especially if you're bilingual, <laughs> trilingual, multilingual. Like, serious kudos to you. I've, I'm in awe. Okay, I think we're getting towards the end. Um, yeah. And it's also really sad that Gabriel didn't show up in the end because we got the whole, uh, he wants to spend time with his son thing. Like, he promised he'd spend time with his son. And, like, I was waiting for that story arc to come to its conclusion. Yeah. Uh, They include the random fanboys, but they can't let Gabriel, like, turn up to Uncle Wang's restaurant and just be, like, him surly self, but at least be there. True. My excuse is that he was just so whooped from getting beat by uh, Ladybug and dusted and everything. He was probably just like, I, I'm gonna head out and like take a nap in my California king size bed. Oh my god, yeah. Fat nap. Like, just show up late to my own store opening tomorrow. <laughs> Adrian's like, Father, why are your eye bags the size of Texas? Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what Texas is? Probably. Texas makes you know what Texas is. Also, I have to say, they were slipping with the accordion scene. Like, what was the point of any of that? Where did they get their accordion from? It was his birthday present, but I was more concerned with how Faye knew how to play it. Yeah. Like, like I mean, we see a multi-talented goddess, but, like, you are currently a street urchin. <laughs> It still is so random, though. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Like, that's how they chose to end the episode? Why? <laughs> With the boys, like, gushing. They're like, whoa, Marinette. Faye is pretty. Oh, God. Bless. Speaking of the little relationships, one of the things I did like was that um, we saw Adrian in a kitchen for the first time, and he was actually being really cute and, like, helping to prepare a surprise for Marinette. And, like, the fact that Marinette got lost and wasn't responding was, in fact, pulling at my heartstrings. Um, Like, poor uncle. Poor uncle got the short end of the stick. Happy birthday, you get worry. (laughs) Happy birthday, your niece goes missing in... And Cat Noir had to come and find her. Sweet, like all those exchanges. Like he was really sweet talking to Ladybug. She, her expression was so cute when she found out he was looking for her. But also, um, he did not seem worried enough. Like, did anyone else think that he just like seemed to take it way too casually? He was like, "Oh yeah, my friend is missing." 
That's too bad. <laughs> my totally just a friend. But if one of my friends went missing, I would be a little bit more concerned than that. I guess it's just the, the confidence that um Shot gets yeah. um when he puts on the suit. True. At the end, like the very, very end, the last like title card, at least he looks happy. <laughs> and Gabriel's yeah, relatively well behaved. <laughs> I'll take it. I mean he it's looks true, grumpy I as agree. hell, but like at least he's there, so he always looks like that though. He probably didn't get a lot of sleep on his like multiple bruises. <laughs> <laughs> just getting absolutely decked i will still stand by the fact that that is one of the funniest parts of this entire true yeah all right that's all our topics for today so join us next time as we break down spoilers for future episodes and specials and if you enjoyed today's roundtable consider subscribing to our channel and turning on notifications so you don't miss any future videos Ring that bell Smack it! Smack it like Hawk Moth's head got smacked on the ceiling. <laughs> he got bonked. Can't tell me he did. Not on his head, but on his feet. His feet went crunch. Cat, we don't need it. We don't need to focus on the technicalities. Yeah, boys. And to get more of the inside scoop, join us in the GameNet Book Club and Art Club server. Link is in the description below. This podcast was made possible by the GameNet Book Club and Art Club server. Geo-blocking VPNs, all-nighters to watch new Miraculous episodes, those French classes I took in high school, the music video for Montero, and support from viewers like you. Thank you. <laughs>